This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. I'm Mark Berry. Top Shelf is the official podcast of the Kootenai International Junior Hockey League. Before we get into a special edition of the podcast, we'd like to welcome the Spokane Braves back into the fold, putting the I back in the KIJHL. After a three-year COVID hiatus, it'll be great to see action out of the Eagles Ice Arena on North Addison. The Neil Murdoch division just wasn't the same without you guys. On Tuesday, BC Hockey announced that the three Junior B leagues in the province have been reclassified and promoted to Junior A Tier 2 status, starting the process of filling the void created by the BCHL's departure from Hockey Canada. I'll be joined by KIJHL Commissioner Jeff Dubois, who will talk about his very active off-season. I'll also be joined by Emmanuel Sequera, League Director of Communications and our Top Shelf co-host. We'll chat about some minor changes to Season 2 of the podcast. KIJHL Commissioner Jeff Dubois is next on Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Morcom sick alley, threw it in front, they score, hat-trick goal! They center right up, slot air, he scores! Bruins looking for that one-timer, didn't get it, but the rebound works. Down the wing, half breakaway, more scores! Short-handed! From behind the net, a wrap round goes in! McDuff! Benson in the back of the net, what a move! And, oh, they're trying to go for a goalie goal. They're trying to go for a goalie goal, and it's in the net. Cody Creasy just scored a goal. On Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast, I'm talking with the commissioner of the KIJHL, Jeff Dubois. Jeff, uh, big announcement on Tuesday that the three Junior B leagues will be elevated to Junior A Tier 2. Uh, first of all, your reaction on the decision by BC Hockey? Yeah, it's a, a really exciting day for our, our league, our teams. You know, we've got folks who have been involved in the KIJHL going back, you know, 10, 15, 20 years in various capacities. For those people, there's a real sense of, of gratification, you know, seeing this day moving up to the junior A level, you know, understanding the growth and the potential that comes with all of that. So I think it's a special day for our group. Let's just seize on that because, you know, there has been criticism about it. It's junior B and they're just calling a junior A. But let's talk a little bit about the process because nobody is expecting the junior A tier two to be top level right out of the gate. It's a process, isn't it? Absolutely. The way I describe it, I guess, is it's going to be more like a dial than a switch. Nobody says we're, you know, we're just turning the switch on junior A, but there's going to be, you know, a set of standards that our teams have committed to moving forward that start getting put in place this fall. I think players who were in our league last year uh, will start to notice some of those changes and there will be bigger changes to come. The pathway to, to tier one, we're going to have a better idea what that looks like as the season goes along. But long term, I think fans are going to notice uh, an improvement in the competitive product on the ice. Players and families are going to uh, you know, see some real positive developments in terms of the, the playing experience and the amenities that you get playing in the KIJHL. And, and obviously for us, for our teams, our coaches and volunteers, everyone's really excited to be a part of something that's, that's growing, that's going to 
get a lot better over the next three to five years. Let's talk a little bit about junior hockey in British Columbia because, uh, you know, I, I remember junior hockey in BC in the 80s and 90s and it was, this team was folding over here, this, this league was folding over here. But relatively, you know, in the last couple of decades, it's been pretty stable right across Junior B, Junior A. Talk a little bit about just the stability of junior hockey in, in British Columbia leading into this season. You're bang on, first of all. It's been, uh, you know, I think it's been a pretty good uh, stretch of years, certainly for our league and, and for our level of hockey in BC. You know, we haven't had a ton of drastic change that obviously, you know, came to an abrupt halt uh, on May 1st with the BCHL announcing their decision. But yeah, we've got a ton of really strong franchises, and that's not just the product they put on the ice. You know, we've got a, a pretty stable business. You know, not that not that anyone's making a million dollars owning a, a KIJHL hockey team, but we've got a, a really good thing going. And I think what's so exciting about this development is the growth potential is huge. You know, the sky really is the limit over the next few years in terms of where this takes us, but we know that we've got a very solid foundation that we're building on. Yeah, on a personal note, and a lot of the criticism I'm hearing tends to be short-sighted, not looking at the long view here. The big thing for me this coming season is it's going to be a monumental change for leagues like the KIJHL, the VI, and the PJ in that these were always developmental leagues and very good developmental leagues getting players to the next level, usually the BCHL, whether it's BCHL, AJ, or whatever. Do you see a a shift in in the priorities there, or is it still a developmental league? It's certainly still a developmental league. We're honest with ourselves, and I, and I think you know that's not just our league office. I think our our group right around the league, you know, ownership, coaches, etc. You know, nobody nobody thinks that you know we're gonna have you know teams at the level of the Brooks Bandits right. tomorrow. Certainly for the the near term. Uh, player can come and develop in the KIJHL and have the opportunity to move to the Alberta Junior Hockey League or to the BCHL if that's what they choose to do. We're motivated to move players on to higher levels. I think the plan here is that over time we are going to be a higher level compared to where we are now. So I think a lot of kids as they see you know, what the product looks like on the ice and the opportunities for advancement to college, I do think a lot of players are going to choose to stay and play their entire junior hockey career in our league, but we don't expect that to be a day one development. And, and really, it's on us to, to put in the work and do the things necessary to, to earn our way there. If we want to be on a level playing field with some of the current junior A leagues in the CJHL, then we've got a lot of work to do and, and we need to embrace that. Uh, you bring up a really good point, uh, Jeff, uh, in that this is an opportunity, of course, down the road to keep BC kids in BC to play their junior hockey, uh, their junior A hockey, because we, we see year in, year out, a number of BC kids having to leave. And certainly now, if they want to be part of Hockey Canada, they have to leave the province if they want to play their junior A until this decision was made on Tuesday. And I and, and also speaking uh, to a number of GMs, they had a number of players that were waiting on this decision. So I think we will see an immediate improvement in, in the quality of play in the first season, but it is going to be a process. I think that 
and, and our level of hockey in BC. And, and this is probably, you know, a, a, a tune that you've been singing for a number of years now, but it really is sort of a hidden gem in terms of junior hockey in Canada. And, and one of the things, kind of take this in a bit of another direction, one of the things that I'm excited for is with the BCHL having, you know, having moved on to independent hockey, there's now going to be opportunities for the top midget players in our province if they want to affiliate and, and get a taste of junior hockey in this province they're going to be doing it in a league like ours. Right. That's where they're going to get their foot in the door and, and potentially play their first junior game. And and what, what excites me about that, outside of you know potentially some very good players uh, putting on a KIJHL jersey at a young age, I, I think a lot of those players are going to see through their experience as affiliates what a, what a high level the KIJHL is, how well run our teams are, how great the coaching is, how great the experience is playing in our league. And I think a lot of those guys who who now, you know, get the experience as affiliates, who wouldn't have otherwise had that experience, they would have been affiliating with the BCHL team. I think a lot of those players are going to end up signing in our league and playing at least a year in our league when their minor hockey is done. Just, just want to go back a little bit on the actual decision to pursue Junior A uh, in the province of BC and go to uh, BC Hockey on that. How much of a factor was concerned about having a void at the junior A level. I mean, we've uh, we've had a few uh, independent leagues, junior A leagues, come into the province, but it's really been a problem for Alberta. How much of a factor was that void, not having a junior A league in BC hockey, in your decision to apply? I think it's fair to say it was the biggest factor. We were looking at a scenario where the status quo would have meant operating at the junior B level, you know, which by definition, going going back to earlier in our conversation, is developmental hockey, but not having a junior A league to de- to develop players for. Right. I you know, I don't think that would have been a sustainable situation for us. I think that players would have started looking elsewhere, you know, in the short and medium term if we were just trying to trot out the same thing that we that we did previously. And this was, you know, from early on in the conversation, this was identified as the, the best solution. And, and I know that BC Hockey felt the same way in terms of not wanting to have a void at the junior A level in their programming. Seeing a national championship event each year that doesn't include a team from British Columbia and, and as a result has very few... British Columbia athletes participating in it. So I, I think that's one where as leagues and, and with BC Hockey and their leadership, we were really aligned that we needed to fill that point. Let's go back a little bit to how solid the organizations are, not just in the KIGHL, but right across BC when it comes to Junior B Hockey. I can't remember the last time a Junior B Hockey club folded in the province of BC. And as a matter of fact... We're expanding, and you're seeing new teams in Port Coquitlam. Two on the island last last year, and of course, now Spokane back. We're back up to 20 in the KIJHL. Just speak to the solidness of the organizations in the KIJHL, because a lot's been made about the smaller communities, but they've really stepped up to the plate, particularly in the last few years. We've got very solid franchise. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, Mark, 
part of what I think is really cool for a lot of athletes participating in our league is getting that experience of small town junior hockey where you know you're you walk around town and, and people know who you are and they they know that they can see at the rink on Friday night. Like I think that's a a big selling point for us. And and obviously not all of our communities are smaller communities where we're in spots like like Kamloops and Kelowna. But if you're if you're playing for the Castlegar Rebels or the Golden Rockets, part of the you know the being in a small town in those situations is a, a real feature of of that playing opportunity. And and like you said, you know I alluded to earlier, you know off the ice we've got strong franchises. I think we've found a, a good spot to be in terms of providing hockey that's affordable. But, you know, we, we're not shy about the fact that it's pay-to-play hockey. That's part of the business model at our level, and it's going to continue to be. But it allows for us to provide a really good experience for our players, and that experience is just going to keep getting better. Well, the strength of the KIJHL and all three leagues, for that matter, has been for young players, 16-, 17-year-olds, to come in to junior hockey, play at a competitive level, and prepare themselves for their future hockey, that's not going to change, is it? No, absolutely not. And that's not to say that there isn't going to be any change. Yeah, and I break a little bit of news on the podcast, I guess. We are going to add an additional 20-year-old roster spot for next season. So we're going to move to six 20-year-olds in our league. And that number you know, has the, the potential to go up depending on where things go in terms of Tier 1 and Tier 2 hockey. Uh, The reality is, with five 20-year-olds, we've been very much at the low end, I I suppose, outside of major junior hockey. I can't think of another league that's had as few 20-year-olds as we have. And I think that with this change, there are going to be more players who want to, you know, finish out their junior hockey career in the KIJHL, and this will give them some more opportunity to do that but in terms of bringing young players into the league and developing them for whatever that next step is I mean that's a a big part of the reputation that we've built over 50 something years so that's definitely not going away. So Jeff uh, you know with the news comes uh, some negativity uh, you know to be expected everybody's got an opinion talk a little bit about uh, you know maybe the naysayers that think this isn't particularly a good move for for the uh, 3B leagues. Yeah I mean I've I've been on the internet before so uh, (laughs) you you expect that and and you know it's coming And, and and that's fine we can you know, we can handle the criticism. Like I've said, we have to, part of this process is us developing and growing and, and, and proving that we can operate at a high level. So that's fine. You know, I think we were in a situation where, you know, probably everybody agrees that just not having junior A hockey in the province of BC wasn't going to be the solution. So it was really a question of, of how we were going to go about it and what it was going to look like. And, you, you start running into some harsh realities pretty quick. You know, are you going to have a league uh, that's province-wide where the Victoria Cougars are, are playing the Fernie Ghost Riders? And that doesn't make a lot of sense logistically, financially. Uh, the bottom line is we've got three unique leagues that have their own set geographic footprints. Uh, in the KIJHL, you know, there, there's a long distance between Kimberly and 100 Mile House. So um, our teams being able to, 
you know, operating compete on and off the ice depends on, you know, certain divisional alignments and a manageable amount of travel. The reality is, you know, we're doing good things in our league, as are the other two junior leagues. And the thing that made the most sense here was to continue on on that path. And and maybe five years down the road, it looks different. But, but for now, it's the only way that, uh, that was going to make sense. You know, I understand people wanting to to take a shot at it and, and like I say that's that's fine I think we're going to prove ourselves on the ice and off the ice and and I think the the product that we put out there is going to speak for itself oh, I think it also I think it's it's a case of short-sightedness uh, you know it, to do nothing could spell the doom of the three leagues there was a void that had to be filled and the three leagues never asked for the BCHL to leave but when that void came about they had to do something, and and I know that you know that sentiment goes right across the three leagues. Yeah, you're bang on. I, the the feeling from our group right away after we got the BCHL news was that the status quo just wasn't going to be uh, a viable option for us. So it took a couple of months and you know hundreds, if not thousands, of hours of of discussion and brainstorming and planning between you know the leagues. Uh, you know, our, our team leadership, BC Hockey, folks that they utilize to have expertise in the space. There was, there was no lack of thought or planning put into this. And what was announced was agreed, you know, by the people who, who have skin in the game, who have put in, you know, the, the time and the years and have the experience. It was determined that what we've got here is the best path forward for junior hockey in our province. And I'm, I'm very confident we've made the right decision. Uh, one of the concerns, of course, coming into the season is officiating. It's always been a, been a bit of a concern. Uh, how closely is the KIJHL working with BC Hockey to develop uh, young officials? That's a good question, and I could give you a really long answer. I'll, I'll start by saying, obviously, the, the marketplace for officials now, for the first time in, in many years, is a competitive one because the BCHL is running their own officiating program and I think, you know, it's pretty pretty aggressively pursued guys who have done their level and our level of hockey in the past. But talking to Sean Raphael, who's the referee in chief of BC Hockey, uh, he's assured us that we're in a really good spot in terms of the, the number and the quality of the officials that are, are going to be doing our league next year. There's referees and linesmen who for the last few years have been doing Western League hockey. And when they have a break from the Western League, they've been doing BCHL hockey. And now those guys are going to start doing KIJHL hockey, uh, you know, on an off night uh, instead of the BCHL. So we're going to lose some guys, and we're also going to pick up some very high-quality officials. In terms of us working with BC hockey, we instituted an officiating development program last season that's overseen by Jason Rendy, our director of officiating, where we've got a a senior official, a guy who's done the Western League and the American Hockey League named Ward Pateman. Ward's been working with younger developing officials in our league, reviewing video, providing mentorship. Uh, You know, we understand that the quality of officiating that you see on the ice when you go to a game, you know, certainly impacts the quality of the game. And we're doing everything we can uh, you know, to, to do our part in, in making that level as high as possible. Jeff, uh, I really do want to thank you for uh, 
for taking part in uh, in this uh, special edition of Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Uh, I know it's been a, a busy, busy summer for you. Not uh, not an off summer like uh, maybe past ones have been. Uh, you've been very busy. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Yeah, thanks very much for having me, Mark, and uh, and for jumping in in the middle of the summer to do this. Now it's five on four, just out of the penalty box. Who would you rather come out except... Carter Benson, Benson scores! You call Carter Benson out of the box, straight onto the timesheet for the first goal of this gold medal game. Boy, that uh, that last little clip there brought back some memory from Cyclone Taylor Cup in Revelstoke. And uh, Emmanuel Sequera, the Director of Communications for the KIJHL, and my co-host is now here. Boy, that was a lot of fun at uh, Cyclone, wasn't it? Oh yeah, Revelstoke had a yeah no, I had a blast. It was my second Cyclone Taylor Cup with the KIJHL, and I really enjoyed the atmosphere. I mean, seeing and hearing the enthusiasm of all the fans, and the hockey was really good. That's probably one of the big things that I was really happy about is just the quality of the games. And uh, yeah, it made for a great Cyclone Taylor Cup. And kudos to the Revelstoke Grizzlies for hosting an excellent championship. Emmanuel, you're the director of communications for the KIJHL and you're the primary content provider for the website. Are you working on any cool stories on the website uh, that we haven't seen just yet? Yes. So right now, for what I have scheduled to go onto the website for Friday is a little feature Q&A with Spokane Braves alum, Devin McConnell. He works with the Arizona Coyotes. And so just basically kind of talk to him about his career in the KIJHL and then the work that he does now in helping athletes uh, perform at their best. And then I have a couple of other features that, that I want to get on some alums. So kind of look for that uh, down the road on the website. Let's talk about the podcast. That's why I've got you here uh, today, of course, a special edition. Episode one of season two gets underway on September 8th. First of all, your impressions of the reception that we received for the podcast last season. Oh, man, it was really good. Uh, I didn't really have any expectations of, I don't know, I guess like gauging numbers or whatever, knowing, especially with your experience and your heavy lifting with the editing and stuff like that. Like I had, I had a lot of confidence that the podcast would be really good. And uh, yeah, it just, uh, it was just awesome how well it went and the success that we had and the amount of people listening to it. And I think probably one of the big things that made me happy about how well it turned out to be was just players reaction i mean they loved it after talking to them they would thank us for having them on the show and interviewing them there was just a lot of positive response from players and the teams about this new piece of content that we've added to the arsenal for the website one of the cool things about uh getting the first season under your belt is you learn some lessons as good as it was we're going to make some tweaks for the season two including more in the way of Player of the Week interviews, focusing a little bit more on that, but also a feature that we only had maybe once a month where I brought you in and we we talked about uh, what was happening around the league, the KIJHL notebook like we have on the website, and we're going to be doing that on a weekly basis. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, the KIJHL notebook and, and what it's all about. When I came up with the idea of doing it, uh, I, I know I've mentioned this before, but I kind of got the idea from the concept of Elliot Friedman's 32 Thoughts column on Sportsnet. It's a great way to bring attention to all of the teams and its players on a weekly basis and just kind of keep fans up to date on 
sort of some things I think are important to kind of key in on the notebook. And I think that really uh, does the job each week just to keep people informed. And so I think it'll be neat to add a small aspect of that to the podcast and just take it up another level. You know, and the beauty of the way that you do the uh, article for the website is that you do actually do audio interviews with the head coaches, with the players. So you have a lot of audio available. We're just going to use some of that, you know, based on our experience last year, it really sounded good. So I'm looking forward to that. So uh, that's the uh, KIJHL Notebook, a regular feature on the podcast come September 8th. Just uh, while we're talking about the podcast, and you probably know this if you're listening, we're available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and of course the KIJHL website. Emmanuel, let's go back again to uh, to Revelstoke. I kind of want to finish the podcast today with my biggest memory from uh, Cyclone Taylor Cup 2023. And and you might think it was the play on the ice, but it wasn't the play on the ice. It was those nutty fans. They're crazy in Revelstoke. Your thoughts, too, on on the Revelstoke fans, because that, to me, is something I'll never forget uh, as long as I live. Yeah, no, for sure. They were just energetic and enthusiastic. And I guess in talking about a memory, I guess one that stands out to me is after they scored a key goal, the fans go into their singing their, their goal song. At that moment, the building was just so electric. And I had to like, I pulled out my phone and I recorded a short video of it just kind of panning across the arena. And I sent it out to some people that I know just be like, this is so cool. And it's like, I just wanted to share it with them. And so that's probably one of my favorite memories of being there. Speaking of which, I think that's how we're going to close off the podcast this week. Uh, Emmanuel Sequera is the director of communications for the KIJHL. Emmanuel, thank you very much for doing this. And man, I'm looking forward to September 8th. This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Our thanks this week to KIJHL Commissioner Jeff Dubois and KIJHL Director of Communications, Emmanuel Sequera. Also a big thank you to Hockey TV, now called Flow Hockey, which brings our players closer to their families and friends back home. I'm Mark Berry. This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. We're back on September 8th.